0: Hi, everybody. I'm Dr. Eric Corum, founder of AIM7. Welcome back to The Blueprint, where we distill cutting-edge science, leadership, and life skills into simple tactics optimized for your busy lifestyle and goals. As parents, we want to raise our kids for optimal health, but mandating rigid habits, that just rarely works. And this is a subject that's near and dear to my heart because I got three young boys, and I want to instill principles of healthy behaviors in their lives, not only that. That they can stick with for a long time but they actually enjoy and so today i'm talking to dr jeffrey gladden a longevity expert with over 20 years of parenting and medical expertise dr gladden shares science-backed insights on how to keep fitness playful why we should avoid early specialization supporting independence and leading by example so whether your kids are two years old or all the way up to 20 this is a very thoughtful conversation that's going to help provide you the tools to foster lifelong well-being. So let's get right to it. Let's lean in and learn from the best. You've mentioned previously that what worked in your 30s, it may not work in your 40s or beyond. Can you give us some examples of things you may have changed in your fitness, your diet, supplementation over the years?
1: Yeah, for sure. Let's say you're a teenager and you want to be in shape, right? So what do you do? You lift some weights, you go for a run, you play your designated sport and you know there you are you know in your 20s youth actually ends at age 26 there have been that's days- depressing <laughs> maybe body my
0: mind is youthful man
1: <laughs> this is important yes your mind drives everything so you know that there are 30 year olds going on 70 and 70 year olds oh, going on 30 my right? parents
0: are both in their 70s but they've told me since i was a little kid that you can get old and gray just don't act like it you
1: there know? you go yeah They're exactly both
0: very youthful
1: beautiful and i tell people all the time they ask me you know how old am I? And I I say, you know, I'm 27 because I wake up 27 every day, which is another massive driver in this whole equation. If you identify with a much more youthful age, then on a day that you wake up and you don't feel that age, you don't say, yeah, but I'm pretty good for my age or I'm better than most people my age. You basically say, no, I'm going to be 27. And when you go out for a run and somebody 18 runs by you and it's like, I want to run like that. So you know what I'm saying? It just drives you to kind of keep going. So that's a key metric.
0: So let's talk about this kind of like as you progress, though, there's things that you're probably going to have to change over the years. That's right.
1: So in your 20s, youth ends at age 26. In your 30s, you know, there's actually a spike in aging between age 28 and 34. It peaks at 34 and then tapers towards your late 30s. So you've got to be more conscientious about your diet. You've got to be more conscientious about your training. You're going to be a bit more injury prone, right? One of the best things that you can do at these ages is actually to donate plasma. So one of the cheapest hacks you can do to maintain your youthfulness is donate plasma. And that's because donating plasma rids your body of certain inflammatory cytokines and other proteins that are part of the aging process. And it kind of reboots and rejuvenates your system. So not only that, they pay you to do it. Hmm. So a lot of people are like, well, how am I going to pay for all this longevity stuff? I can't buy these supplements or whatever else. But here's something you can do. You can even donate twice a week and they'll pay you for it. So you can donate up to twice a week. So if you donate twice a week for a month, I think they pay you 800 and some bucks. And then if you just go to once a week, you're getting like 400 bucks a month for your plasma or close to it. The point is, it's super healthy. You're helping the world and you're helping yourself. It's like the perfect hack. So anyway, it sounds yeah. like a vacation
0: so, getting paid for right here.
1: Exactly. Right. So you <laughs> sit in a chair and you listen to some music or watch a video, Right. Yeah. So then in your 40s, you know, you've got to start to worry about hormones starting to shift, right? Testosterone's going down, estrogen's switching, progesterone for women, et cetera. And then in your 50s, a lot of people are starting to hit menopause, andropause, things like this. So you've got to now be thinking about, well, how do I optimize hormone replacement? And what's my thyroid doing? Am I actually adequately testing my thyroid? Because just the TSH, the thyroid simulating hormone, is not enough to tell you where you're at. So we do resting metabolic rates to see where somebody is with regards to their thyroid function. So anyway, then you've got to start to think about hormone issues. Then as you go a little bit further, it's like, now i got to be thinking about bone density and I've got to be thinking about muscle loss and things like that. So now we're taking rapamycin. Now we're doing this. Now we're starting to do more sophisticated things to actually protect ourselves. So you have to keep thinking um, that it's going to be a shifting pattern of activities and initiatives that you take on each decade of your life. A lot of people say, well, geez, I know how to work out. I worked out. I know how to work out. I've got, to, I know how to eat. And it's a fixed mindset, right? It's basically, they're not asking the question. They have already married to an answer. So you want to say, no, how do I stay fit, healthy, young, strong, et cetera? That's the question. Now, whatever it takes at this point in my life, that's what I want to do.
0: Real quick, if you've been listening for a while, please pause right now and leave us a rating on whichever listening platform you are joining us from. This small act not only improves our ability to reach more people, but it enables us to bring up more high-profile guests because the higher rated your show is, the easier it is to get these folks on your show. I've adjusted a lot of things. I'm 43 now. I enjoy resistance training. One thing I tell people a lot too, and I think you would agree, is if there's something you enjoy, lean into it, right? Like, don't take the joy out of this. So I, But I've changed... A lot of the ways that I lift weights, I don't press overhead because of my shoulders. I do certain; I rarely put a bar on my back, and yep. I use more machines now. But I also do a lot of things like you talked about before. We talked about it previously for power, strength, hypertrophy, balance, mm-hmm. mobility, flexibility. But I've geared more now towards like making sure I'm getting plenty of low intensity uh, aerobic exercise, and then some of these higher heart rate zones. Mm -hmm. Because you start looking at what starts to degrade faster. You got to keep up with that. You got to prioritize these things. I just love your mindset of like asking really good questions, but not being married to the
1: answers. Yeah, it's critical. I'll tell you another really, really important thing um, is that I believe that most of us living in the world are binary thinkers in the sense that if there's a problem, we see an answer, or we get married to an idea, right? Think of all the geopolitical strife currently, whatever it is. Most people are married to an answer, right? They're not asking a question, how do we cooperate? How do we create something better? How do we all thrive? They're not asking that question. They're thinking, no, I've got an answer, and I'm married to it, and your answer is wrong, and mine is right, and it leads to all this conflict. And yet, in the health space, people can do the same things. So asking the questions is the first step. Another step beyond that, though, is I think becoming a quantum thinker. So in the quantum realm, right, if you go subatomic on particles, right, then it's not binary, it's not a one and a zero. A quantum is not one and zero, it's basically everything. It's all things between one and zero, both negative and positive, all simultaneously. And so when you're a quantum thinker, you live in a field of all possibilities and all solutions become possible in the right moment, right? And so being a quantum thinker frees you up not to have to be married to an answer where you have to defend it. It gives you the opportunity to adapt, which is ultimately what we need to do because every species that ever you know, was went extinct, which is 99% of them all, they couldn't adapt. So you have to be able to adapt. So, you know, we're fortunate in that we have enough cognitive ability to say, okay, I'm going to ask the right questions and I'm going to adapt my answers as I go. And I would just encourage people to take on that more quantum mindset.
0: Thanks again for listening to the Blueprint Podcast. And if you enjoyed this episode, please share it with a friend that may benefit. Maybe you know a new parent that wants to instill fitness and longevity behaviors with their kids and they just don't know how to do it yet. If you like the show, please share it with them. You never know, it could have a tremendous impact on their life. Thanks again for listening, and I'll catch you on the next episode.